This is a podcast from the Business Times. Welcome to Wealth with BT, hosted by Genevieve Kuo. In this episode, learn about impact investing, how it's different from ESG investing and what categories of impact investing there are. This episode is brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. Hi there, I'm Genevieve Kuo, Wealth Editor of The Business Times. Welcome to this latest episode of Wealth with BT. Today we're going to talk about impact investing, which is quite different from ESG investing, although both are broadly classified as sustainable. Over the past five years or so, investing with ESG principles, ESG spells, environmental, social, and governance, has become very big to the point that if a fund does not have any ESG credentials, it may not be able to raise any money. In any case, it's frankly hard to find any fund manager of any size who will openly say it does not believe in ESG. ESG is huge because awareness of the climate crisis is probably the highest that it has ever been. But ESG addresses more than just environmental concerns. There is also the social impact which looks into issues like diversity and inclusion, and of course governance, which by itself is already a very well-established lens to view potential investments. But today we're focusing on impact investments. What is this category of investments? As the name says, impact investments set out to achieve impact, which is defined as a measurable outcome. Impact investments are made with the explicit intention to achieve a positive and measurable social and environmental impact and a financial return. This is the definition by the Global Impact Investing Network, or GIN. GIN has estimated that in 2020, the market size for impact investments was around 715 billion US dollars. This is invested in a range of assets like private debt, which interestingly has the largest share of the impact investment pie and private equity and also publicly listed stocks. I have a guest in the studio today, Evelyn Yeo, Head of Asia Investments from Pictay Wealth Management Asia. Evelyn will tell us more about impact investing in a short while. But before we turn to her, I'll highlight a few aspects that differentiate impact investing from ESG and from regular investments. The first thing to note is that impact investments are not ESG investments. We'll just take a step back to talk about ESG investing. Applying an ESG discipline in investments really isn't a one-size-fit-all approach. Some firms simply use an exclusion screen to qualify as ESG. This means they do up a list of sectors they want to avoid, like munitions and coal. Some use a best-in-class approach which means to examine and compile ESG ratings of companies and pick those with the highest ratings. I'm simplifying things very much because, as you probably know, there really isn't any common standard for ESG ratings. A stock like Tesla can be rated very highly by one agency and it's ranked at the bottom by another, depending on their criteria and the weights given to the criteria. There are fund managers who employ what is called ESG integration, which means the approach is incorporated into the whole fund management process, from the initial phase of pre-selecting the investment universe to the use of proprietary tools to screen companies' approaches to the environment, their employees and companies in their supply chain, and sometimes even the wider stakeholders. 
The ESG discipline, in short, is applied to any and every stock. Impact, however, requires a specific set of criteria. To qualify as an impact investment, the most important element is the intention to make a positive social or environmental impact, and this impact must be measurable. It must be monitored and regularly reported on. So, for example, let's say there is an education company which runs commercial tuition services for students of mainstream schools. Very much a profit-driven business, but its CSR or corporate social responsibility activity is to offer free tuition services to students from low-income households. That is great as a CSR, of course, but that company will not qualify as an impact investment because it does not have impact objectives as its core business. As a point of interest, I have interviewed a number of impact investing fund managers. One of them put it this way: that ESG is a box-ticking exercise, but impact goes the extra mile. In other words, an impact investment must already fulfill some basic ESG criteria. The second thing to note is that impact investments are not the same as charitable giving or philanthropy. This is because impact investments have a return requirement. This return may be below market, but it's still a return. In contrast, charitable giving and philanthropy do not aim for a financial return. Three impact investments must have a framework to measure impact. The issue of measurement really isn't as simple as it sounds. The impact fund or investment manager must draw up specific investment goals, strategies, and expectations. The manager develops an impact thesis and scrutinizes the intentions and activities of the company it is thinking of putting money into. It must also examine the wider landscape to see what efforts have already been made in the field where it seeks to make an impact. It decides on the core metrics to measure impact. And also helps the company to engage with the communities it caters for, so that the impact is wider and deeper. In terms of impact goals, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or the UN SDG, has become the main guidepost for impact investments, as they reflect and capture the world's biggest and most urgent needs. There are 17 SDGs, including the eradication of hunger and poverty, and promoting good health. The latest progress report for 2022 by the UN SDGs is not good at all. On many fronts, the pandemic and the war in Ukraine have caused major setbacks in the goals, and the report sounds for a big rescue effort for the SDGs. Because of various crises, it is now estimated that the funding shortfall for the SDGs has risen by 35 percent to a staggering 135 trillion US dollars. Hence, it has become even more urgent for the private sector to step up to help address the world's various needs, because these goals cannot be funded by governments alone. SDG Impact has also been established to work out a framework of standards for impact investments to ensure there is best practice, governance, and transparency. The fourth thing to note about impact investments is that companies and vehicles set up to achieve impact tend to be in the private market and are unlisted. Because the underlying holdings are likely to be smaller enterprises, unlisted and illiquid, you'll also find that the investments are positioned mainly for high net worth individuals who have a long horizon and do not mind the illiquidity. But there are also some unit trusts designed as impact investments with daily liquidity. We have with us Evelyn Yeo of Pictay Wealth Management Asia to tell us more about impact investing. 
Evelyn, what do you see as the major differences between ESG investments and impact investments? Investment capital invests in a spectrum of sustainable investments ranging from ESG integrated investing, ESG binding investing to positive impact investing. For ESG integrated investing, that's the integration of ESG factors into the investment process. The portfolio manager considers sustainability risk, yet is not bound to choose or exclude companies based on their ESG characteristic. ESG binding investing not only considers sustainability risk, but it goes one step further to promote social and environmental characteristics, subject to good corporate governance of investee companies. Portfolio managers in this area choose investments that are either already well-positioned from an ESG perspective or where active engagement with the underlying entities could support improvements on these metrics. This engagement can be done through proxy voting, cooperative shareholders intervention and bilateral dialogues with management or leaders. On the far end of the responsible investing continuum, positive impact investing solutions have a clear objective of achieving financial returns and also seek to create positive social and environmental impact to today's most pressing issues. Examples could be investments in companies that are active in climate change mitigation activities such as reforestation and renewable energies or in private debt being raised to fund educational programs in developing countries. Still to come, why impact investments are attracting interest and what can you expect returns-wise? And now, back to Wealth with BT, brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. Evelyn, many private banks I speak to say that impact investments are of great interest. Why are private clients gravitating towards impact investments? The latest research has shown that the size of the impact investment market has grown by 42% in 2020. There are a number of factors behind why. The first is the rising awareness. Both public and private sectors initiatives from the EU Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulations to the Principle for Responsible Investment and Banking, just to name a couple, have increased the clarity and information, and that helps to accelerate the momentum. The financial industry has responded, and more solutions and options are now becoming available, making responsible investing increasingly accessible to clients. The second, we are slowly shedding the misconception of concessionary returns, meaning the idea that investing responsibility requires sacrificing financial returns. As the number of responsible investing options has grown, their track records have also become more established. A growing number of studies does confirm that not only is responsible investing not detrimental to performance, but that it often delivers superior financial returns in the long run. There is this significant shift in the perception of responsible investing from a means of mitigating risk to that of capturing an investment opportunity. A watershed moment arrived in 2015 when the United Nations published the Sustainable Development Goals, which is a set of 17 common goals across 193 member states to protect the planet and ensure equitable prosperity. Initially conceived for governments, this goal now requires between 3.3 to 4.5 trillion US dollar per year to be achieved by 2030. Considering the level of public and private investment in SDG-related sectors, a funding gap of 2.5 trillion US dollar was initially estimated as well. And this gap is where investors can find the opportunities they are looking for. And those companies that will find solutions to today's most pressing problems will be tomorrow's winners and most certainly a sound investment. 
So we've heard about the differences between ESG and impact investments and why impact investments are attracting a lot of interest. There are also a number of vehicles for impact investments like private equity and debt or bonds. Why does the vehicle matter, if at all? To talk about the different vehicles, it is also important to say what impact investing is and what it is not. It is not an asset class. It is an investment philosophy across different asset classes, themes, and geographies. So for asset classes, here we talk broadly about private equity, loans, including microfinance, stocks and shares, as well as bonds, especially those in the ESG bond space, as well as real estate. For private clients, they can indeed engage in their own impact endeavors, especially if they are large. The most obvious investments and positive impact happens in the very early stage of private assets and in developing countries. Some private clients are assessing these investment opportunities directly by investing in all these early stage startups, which are riskier than what their usual financial intermediaries may offer. The private equity space is also opening a lot to those opportunities. But there are also impact funds in the private market spheres as well. This includes circular economy themes, and impact funds can target different positive impact topics. We do see a lot in the environmental space, such as GHG capture, climate change adaptation, agri-tech, oceans, and plastic, etc. And a bit less on the social side, for example, affordable housing or even education. Another interesting example may be direct investments in smarter and more sustainable real estate. Buildings account for 30% of global energy use through their construction and operation. They are also responsible for nearly 40% of energy-related carbon dioxide emissions. The ecological footprints become even bigger when you consider how much water and real materials they use up. The United Nations estimate that in order to limit the rise in global temperatures to less than 2 degrees Celsius by 2030, the property sector must reduce the average energy intensity of buildings by at least 30%. As is the case with most sectors, innovation and technology can help. Things like sensors that optimize energy or even new materials can also make constructions and development more sustainable as well as reducing building waste and noise pollution. The performance gap between green buildings and their less efficient peers should widen further over the coming years. This has important implications, not least for the millions of investors who together have poured $3.4 trillion of their capital into real estate over the past two years. And those that chose environmentally friendly investments are already doing better. Occupancy is, on average, 4.3% higher in green certified buildings, while rents are about 4.6% higher, according to a review of data across the developed world. They also have lower operating costs and higher sales price. So as investors, we believe that investing in making buildings sustainable is not only the responsible thing to do for our planet, but also a way to add value for investors. Finally, how do you advise clients on the risk and return expectations they should realistically have for impact investments? Impact investing is really this investment philosophy. And to do that, we need data to help clients drive the investment decisions and to ensure that we meet their goals. Investors' approaches to impact measurements will vary based on their objectives and capacities, and the choice of what to measure usually reflects investor goals, and consequently, investor intention. The measurement of impact and the standards, if there are any, are still rather fluid. Some may look at percentage of revenue from sustainable activities, 
or some may look at the dollars invested in developing sustainable practices. Some may also even look at the final outcome, for example, number of jobs created in a specific disadvantaged area or measure GHG emissions captured. In general, the components of impact measurement best practices would include establishing and stating social and environmental objectives to the relevant stakeholders, setting performance metrics or targets related to these objectives using standardized metrics wherever possible, monitoring and managing the performance of investors' companies against these targets, and finally reporting on social and environmental performance to these relevant stakeholders. We can therefore draw some parallels to the traditional investing space and the journey it takes to create proper framework that leads to data transparency and eventually corporate governance. First, the industry needs to establish a common language or terminologies and expectation, etc. The journey of establishing this has indeed taken off a few years ago in the impact investing sphere. This is also further cemented by the SDG goals in 2015 and 16 and the corresponding action plans. Secondly, the industry will also need to agree on what to measure. In traditional investings, there are well-established metrics such as price to earnings, price to book, enterprise value, so on and so forth. As for impact investing, measurements can be very broad and vague as it would also encompass both qualitative and quantitative measures. Third, there's also a need to map out how to measure these metrics and the need to build control frameworks to then monitor the integrity of the data. In traditional investing, there are proper accounting frameworks such as the GAAP and the regulator's guidelines to ensure compliance. In impact investing, eventually we will need to come to that. The will of the regulators has been quite evident as well, even in Asia, with MAS and HKMA starting working groups of various sorts to kickstart this part of the journey. So are there opportunities then? Yes, we think, you know, with every challenge, there's always an opportunity. It is a journey and we are constantly evolving. There you have it. Impact investments are a meaningful way to deploy your investment funds. It's an evolving field, but there are increasing number of publicly available unit trusts with daily liquidity and investing in public securities as well. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Until next time, thank you for listening. This episode of Wealth with BT was brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.